Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Well, Patrick, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm super honored and excited to talk to you. So start out by telling me a few things about yourself. Perfect. No, I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Heidi. Um, so yeah, so like I said, my name is Patrick Risk. I, I grew up in Logan, Utah. Um, I pretty much lived in Utah most of my life besides I um, went and got my undergrad in Colorado. But um, so other than that, I, um, I, wor I worked actually just up until this week, I started a new job, but I worked at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as a management consultant. Um, but I just started a new job for a startup company that's called June Homes this week. So it's been been a busy week just drinking by our fire hose and learning a, a new job I was at the church for 10 years so so definitely it was a change um but but just thought felt like it was a good opportunity and, and a good uh, good um growth opportunity so um other than that I other than work I love I love volunteering I do a lot of volunteer work in the community I serve on a number of different board of directors for different nonprofits and then a few uh, in 2014 after I finished my MBA um I was like what next like I love learning but I was like I, I don't know if like do I want to go get a PhD besides Dr. Risk sounds pretty cool but other than that you know I'm like I don't know um and so but I found this program it was like a year-long program and now I'm a, a certified chaplain um and so I volunteer on like on the crisis text line and different hospices and and it's just it's really rewarding um difficult work obviously um but really rewarding just kind of sitting in the ashes if you will uh, with people who are experiencing pain in some way and just just being a listening ear for them is basically all i i do and it's but it's really rewarding work and just being there for people and hearing their stories so wow that's a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. It sounds like you have some more to expound on when you tell me your lemon to lemonade story. So you've got to take me back, though. Tell me, you know, it always goes back to when we were kids or whatever. Yeah. So tell me your story. Take me back. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of kind of my my story, um, I so from when I was six until I was about 12, um, I was I was sexually abused by a cousin who's who's 10 years older than me. Um, and it never it didn't really come out or kind of manifest itself until until I was about like 16. And then I um, I uh, got to an extremely low weight um, and I was getting, I was having to be hospitalized for, you know, my organs and stuff began shutting down and I had an eating disorder and my parents were kind of wondering what in the world is, is going on? Why, why are you doing this? And, and so seeing a, a therapist, a psychologist, and ultimately the, the abuse kind of came to light. Um, um, and um, it's been a long healing journey since then. Um, eventually, I decided to um, um, tell Child Protective Services about my I kind of tell my story and they kind of just handled it from there. It's not like I went and prosecuted my, my cousin or anything, but definitely tore apart our family a little bit in terms of just the family dynamics. So they were kind of like, uh, you know, uh, more so forgive and forget. And um, you know, why forgiveness is obviously key. Um, he was also a, 
he was a school bus driver. He was a scoutmaster. And so I was just very, I, I, I eventually decided to tell because I was worried that I didn't want any other little boys to, to have to be hurt or go through what I went through. And so, so that's why I eventually um, turned him in and he went to, he eventually, he got 15 to life and um, he went to the state penitentiary. He actually is out now. Um, but, um, but yeah, and then since then, I've just been on a kind of healing journey, lots of Lots of therapy, um, you know, both for the eating disorder um, and healing from that. And then obviously from the kind of PTSD and trauma from from the abuse. And and so it's been it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, that would be so difficult. I it's one of those things, like you said, well, and as I've become more of a, you know, have been I've told my story more on like social media and, and different places to hopefully um, let others know that they're not alone or that just to, to be a, a resource for others. Um, it's, it's been, it's hard to hear everybody. So many people have been abused and often it is um, people that have, you know, it's often a family member, somebody in a trusted position um, that has access to you, that gains that trust of the child. And, and so it's so tragic and just a, such a horrible thing. But um, but for me also, it's kind of, and that's kind of, I think, you know, in terms of, I love how you have this, you know, lemons to, to lemonade of, of, you know, it's one of those things that you would never wish upon your worst enemy, but it's also something that I wouldn't change for the world because it's made me who I am, and it's made me um, especially be more um, understanding of others, um, and and be able to be less judgmental, and just know that everybody's got something, and and just about you know it's about loving people, and we all are going through this crazy life together. So, oh, that is so true. So, what is your lemonade? What have you been able to do because of what happened to you? Yeah, like like I was saying, they're just kind of. Um, you know, turning it into, um, you know, back in, well, lots of things in between in terms of my healing journey, but back in, it was like 2018, so like two, three years ago now, um, I, um, I just felt like there were a lot of people out there that were hurting um, and just felt like they were all alone. And so I was like, what can I do? Like, I want to do something. And so I decided to start a Facebook group um, that's called, it's called Brightness of Hope, but it's grown to like, you know, it's, I think it's like 11,500 people now. Um, but, and I just started sharing my story there and then just creating a place where other people could share their stories and come find, you know, hope in, in hearing that other people are struggling too and just realizing that we're we're not alone um and that um and i just have found that by sharing my story not only has it been healing for me to be able to share my story but more so than that it it opens up the kind of it's like an invitation to others to when you become vulnerable it opens up an invitation for them to become vulnerable and and say oh wow recognizing that you struggle too and maybe they don't have the same story completely different um but it's kind of realizing that oh you you have a story that kind of makes you a, a broken person that's been putting the pieces back together too. Um, and that's just, it's just a beautiful space to kind of create with people um, and kind of share our stories and, and kind of support one another. And so I really have enjoyed 
that. Um, I would love to write a book about, I started one, um, but it's so hard. Um, and so, so maybe one day I'll have a book about my experience and that type of thing. But so I'm just trying to um, use my experience to help others in a way that lets them know that, you know, it's, it's okay to have, you know, stuff, baggage, feel broken, um, but you're not really broken. You're just learning, you're growing. And that's what life's about. So yes, there is so much power in the me too statement, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And where exactly. we can come together with people, like you said, it doesn't have to be the exact same situation, mm -hmm. but the way you feel and the violation and, and the other aspects of it, to yep. know that someone can relate to that just opens you up for healing a lot faster, don't you yep. think? Yeah, I, I completely agree. It just it creates a creates a, a kind of community, if you yeah. will, and just realizing that you aren't alone. That you know the feelings that you feel, whether, whether those feelings are you know um, you know feeling broken, feeling isolation, feeling you know confusion, all those feelings that will come as a result of some type of um, episode of trauma in your life it doesn't make you, it's not weird. It's not, it's not like you're broken or you're, or you're, you're, you know, everybody has those similar experiences. Um, and so it, it's, which isn't to diminish your personal, you know, struggle, but it's just to say, you know, that, you know, you don't have to face it alone. Um, and you don't have to, you know, go through whatever you're facing, um, in kind of this, isolation um, because there's a whole community of you know wounded warriors if you will that will rally around you um, so that's so true it's good to find people that have been through what you've been through but i think it's an amazing thing about you is that you went through this and your healing process to know that it wasn't immediate that you're ready to just go out to facebook and put this story out there like it takes time to get mm -hmm. to that point yeah. But when you did, it helps other people, no matter where they are at on their healing, to understand that they yeah. can get to where you're at. They can get to that place. There is hope. Yeah. So yeah. by you and I, sharing has brought that to other people's lives as well. Yeah. And I love how you said that in terms of, because I think some people might also, I've, I've, I've encountered individuals that will be hard on themselves because they'll think, well, I'm not where you're at, you know, um, and, and maybe these individuals, you know, I'm, I'm younger than, and they might have gone like their whole life um, struggling with this, or they never had the chance to, you know, confront, if you will, their abuser and, and have them go to prison or that type of thing. And, and I would say to any of those individuals, you know, it, it we can't compare um, because although we can see similarities in our stories, they are all so vastly different because we be, we come from different places and different um, backgrounds. And, and so there's no comparison. It's just about it's your story um, and wherever you're at in it, that's okay. Like it just, we can honor where each other is at in our stories and just be there for one another. Um, and I think that's so important. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad you bring that up too. I think it's important that we are easy on ourselves for however long it takes us. And I think it's a good point, like you said this, that not everybody can confront their abuser. Sometimes for whatever reasons, it's not a, a possibility. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can still forgive though. In fact, I think most of the time we should forgive and not, not confront the person because yeah. I don't, 
know if that's correct either. So I think there's a way to go through the forgiveness and healing process without ever having to tell the person, I forgive you, because that's yeah, not part of it. Yeah. And forgiveness is not about, um, you know, inviting that person back into your life or, or your space, because, you know, that um, forgiveness is, is for us. It's, it's for about, yourself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's about, totally for yourself. It's about letting go so that they no longer have control over you. They no That's longer have control over how you feel, how you think. That's what forgiveness is. It's not about saying, I forgive and forget, and now you can come back into my, in my <laughs> life because that's, that's just that. Uh, you know, that's not smart. And in, in some cases, especially, you know, where they might still be in a predator type space, you know, so. Yeah, definitely not. I'm so glad we could clarify that. Please don't, <laughs> don't tell the person that you forgive them and forget because yeah. it's all about you. It's what you can do to be able to move on and deal with the forgiveness inside of yourself without having to ever confront that person. So exactly. that's yeah. a good point. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, there's just so many facets to, um, to my experience in terms of, and, and I've had to come to a point where I don't silo them necessarily. You know, there's the, it's kind of, it all kind of makes me who I am today, but whether one caused another or they're that type of thing, but, but, you know, I, obviously you have the facet of the eating disorder and that kind of had taken a life of its own. And I definitely had to go through a lot of healing through that. Um, and then, and then you had just the abuse itself and a lot of healing around that. And then another thing that I've definitely been, um, especially the last couple of years, kind of um, not, not confronting, but just processing through and figuring out what it means for me is, is, you know, uh, and everybody uses different terms, but whether I, I same sex attraction or I'm gay or, um, but I have that as well uh, going on in my life. And some people will say, well, is that because you were abused by a man? And, you know, and logically, I guess, you know, you take a six-year-old boy and his first, not only should a six-year-old not have sexual experiences, but a six-year-old boy having his first experience with a man for many years that's going to confuse him. So does it stem for that? I don't know. And that's where I eventually had to come to a point where I had to, because I was for the longest time, just tying them together saying, oh, that's why it's because of my abuse. Or, you know, I was always kind of not blaming, but tying things to my abuse. And I eventually had to stop doing that and realize that, you know, wherever it came from, it is what it is. And now I get, now I get to decide what I do with it now, you know, stop, stop wondering what if, if you know, it's kind of what now. Um, and so that's been really empowering for me, um, because it's just opened up a whole new avenue to healing and growth for me to, to stop trying to have to figure out did it come from my abuse, because I can't answer that question, you know, you can't go back and change it. And so all you can do is figure out what you're going to do with it now and how to move forward. So what does that look like to you now? Yeah, great question. And I'm still figuring it out, I think. <laughs> um, and But it is, it's about, um, you know, kind of like we've been talking about, of just allowing myself, giving myself grace, a lot of grace um, and, and space to, to learn and just not be hard on myself and to, I, I'm definitely throughout my life. And this is often the case, I think with victims of abuse is we become very, um, 
we become self-abusers, if you will, and we become we we become so critical. And I think I've seen a lot of, and this is another case with people with eating disorders. There are a lot of perfectionists. There's a lot of perfectionism in people with eating disorders, and so you just become so critical and hard on yourself that it becomes impossible to move forward because you're just always, you know, bringing yourself down and and uh, and and ripping yourself apart. So definitely, in terms of this kind of letting go of the what if and kind of looking forward to the what now has opened up an avenue for me to give myself grace and then just kind of you know say it just feels free on him in terms of say the world's you know the sky's the limit you can do what you want you know you don't have to be held back by something that happened in your past every day is kind of a new opportunity to move forward and i've had a motto for a while with everything i've gone through you know especially when my world kind of came crashing down me around me when i was 16 and then everything came to light is is one day at a time um it kind of just and sometimes it's one second at a time, depending on how hard the day is. But, you know, you just take it one day at a time, look forward, um, focus on the things you can control, try to let go of the things you can't, and just keep moving forward and creating creating moments of happiness for yourself and just kind of just keep trudging along, even though there's going to be step backs now and then. But, you know, you just keep keep taking it one day at a time. Yes. yes. One hour at a time, one minute at a time. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. One thing I love that you said was the what now. And as soon as you said that, I just had this freeing feeling. It was just like, yeah, instead of like, what if it's like, what now? Let's just embrace it and move forward. And then you said it was so freeing. And I'm like, yes, I think yeah. if we can all look at it that way, instead of fighting against the reality of it anymore, mm -hmm. it's like, this is who I am. Yeah. So what now? Yep. let's move forward yeah it, it, yeah like you said it's i mean i think there is there's beauty in looking backwards obviously and reflecting on where we've been um and and our experiences and but i think i think sometimes we spend far too much time i know i did um of looking backwards um as if you could change something because you can't um and so eventually you just got to look back see what happened see what it's all that's happened in that path to bring you to where you are now um honor it you know respect it say wow you know um i went through that and i'm still standing um and then use it to propel yourself forward and start looking forward and stop looking back and you just have to eventually reach that point because if not i think you just get in this perpetual kind of cycle if you will that is just negative and it causes you know you to be a continual victim and you don't need to be anymore um, because you're in the driver's seat now you're in control you can determine what you're going to do with it now and so um it's just like you said very freeing and empowering um place to be yeah and i think as we look at our past as we keep it behind us we can just say thank you thank you mm -hmm. to the past thank you for what has happened to bring me to where i am now so that I can move forward and so that I can be who I need to be yeah. and embrace that. And so as we thank our past for where it's brought us, I think it gives us that whole new gratitude for the days to come as well. Yeah, yeah. no, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that concept of, I haven't thought about it that way necessarily, but like you said, of 
thinking your past because it, I mean, it is like, like I was saying before, of, you know, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy, but at the same time, I wouldn't change it for the world because it's, it's made me who I am. And that's, right. that's not a bad thing. You know, that's it's made me, yeah. So yeah. that's a super great thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you are inspiring me just talking to you. So I am grateful uh -huh. for what you have done with your past and what has brought you to now. So um, you've inspired me just kind of seeing you on social media. And I just love how open you are. I love how real and true and honest you are. And I think that's something that we can all learn from that maybe it was scary and maybe it was really hard for you to finally decide, I'm just going to be true and who I am. And I think that, what do you say to people who are yeah. afraid to do that? Yeah, like you said, I think again, in terms of like we talked about, it's not for everybody and that's totally okay. Um, of if you're a more private person or, you know, not everybody has to shout their story from the proverbial rooftop of, you know, of social media. Um, but for me, like I said, it, the thing, the reason why I do it, it's not to get likes or, you know, a following in any way. It's, it's, it's because I have found that by sharing my story, by being vulnerable, um, it's just, like I said, it's like an invitation to others um, to, to reach out to me, to be vulnerable as well. Um, and to let others know that they're, you know, they're not alone, um, that they're not, they're not weird or, or in some, you know, um, but they're just, we all have something. Um, and so I definitely, um, have appreciated that, but it has been scary at times. And I've definitely gotten people that have sent me negative or made comments that are negative or that type of thing. And my, my mom is, and my mom is kind of a, she's a, she always calls herself like a mama bear, if you will. And she's always like, why in the world are you being so, cause my parents are more like private for sure. So they're always like, you're crazy. Why are you doing all this stuff and putting yourself out there so much? And like I said, of it's not, just for me and part of and my healing journey, it's become, it's just, um, yeah, I just get, I get personal healing from hearing other people's stories because I like to be there for other people. And I like to um, just share that sacred space with them um, of kind of, like I said before, of kind of sitting in ashes with people and just hearing their story, me sharing my story. And we can kind of just realize that wow we've we've had some experiences but now you know we're still standing we're still we're still alive um that's that's pretty awesome you know we're wounded warriors yeah so and we're all in it together so yep, that we exactly. can support each other and that's yep. what i admire about that so that's amazing but i want to know more about this chaplain thing so tell me how this came about like how would you decide you're going to do something like that that's pretty yeah cool. like it's like I said, of, of um, um, I love learning, um, and you know, and so I kind of was just looking for different, you know, sort of like after I finished my MBA, I was like, what am I going to do next? And, and some people had kind of told me about um, this program as well, and so I heard about it. Um, but then when I started my MBA, I just kind of obviously put it to the side a little bit. Um, but then when I finished it, I kind of returned back to it. And part of why they thought of me for this um, and some of the, my friends that kind of told me about it is obviously because I, I love this kind of um, sharing this space and, and uh, with people and, and the healing journey. And it really is. It was an amazing program. Um, 
it's what it's called the World Spiritual Health Organization, um, but it was offered through the VA hospital here in Salt Lake. Um, and so you, it was a year long program. You went to class once, one night a week, and then you had to do a whole bunch of like clinical hours as well of like volunteering and um, doing case studies and that type of thing. Um, and And the most incredible thing about the program is that every single person in the program had a past to had a past wound a story you know whether they went through uh you know some of them had gone through pretty traumatic like divorces some you know were abused as well some had like went through like overcoming a drug addictions or but all of everybody had something and we called it we every week when we would meet together we would um we meet and we sit in a circle and we call it you know that sacred you know that sacred space that circle of trust um and we really it became a the program really is about healing your own, you know, wounds, um, and then becoming that wounded healer. Because again, those who have been wounded are often the best healers because you can relate to other people. Like we've talked about, you don't necessarily have to have the same wounds um, to realize that, you know, they cause pain and they have, they are similar emotions and feelings. And, and so you, the best, like I said, the best healers are, are those wounded ones. And so, so that was the most incredible part of the program is just sitting in that that circle of trust with people and listening to their stories and um and kind of they would challenge you and you would challenge them in terms of sometimes in terms of the way you're thinking about things and 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 they would say you're not thinking about that right because you know because you and so it was very healing definitely a, a process of of growing um and so that was yeah it was definitely an interesting program to go through that unlike anything i've had before yeah and then what do you do with it now yeah so um so like i some a lot of the people who go through the program are you know they do that professionally um they're chaplains and so a lot of work work for like hospices or hospitals um as a as a chaplain i i always knew i didn't want to necessarily do it for a full-time paying job or anything like that and so i just volunteer a lot with it um like i said i serve on the crisis text line um, and so uh, and we're able to kind of use the skills and things I developed on um, from the program in that capacity. Also, we'll volunteer at, um, you know, at the Huntsman Cancer Institute, at the Ronald McDonald House and, and just different places where where I can um, fulfill that that space where individuals and doesn't they can come from any religious background or no religious background, um, very non-denominational. Um, but really, it is about just it's about just being there for people. It's a lot of listening. Uh, when that was a lot we learned through the program is just kind of listening skills. And, and you know, we're not there to because we're not like, you know, we're not um, psychologists or that type of thing. So we're not there to offer advice or anything like that. We're just there to be somebody to listen um, and to support people in their journey of, of healing and coming to their own um, space of, of healing, um, and whatever that looks like for them. Wow. That's amazing that you decided to take that on as well and learn that and be able to offer that to other people. It's just part of your lemonade and part of your healing. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you're in a perfect, great place that it's over and never going to happen to you again or whatever. It just means that this is how your healing journey is going. And this is what you're doing right now because of what you've been through. Yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I think for anybody, you know, in terms of like we talked about with, you know, you can't compare yourself to anybody. And I think really in cases of, you know, 
severe trauma, whatever that looks like for individuals or, you know, in the cases of childhood abuse and that type of thing, it's not really necessarily something you do ever get over. Um, and that's the same thing with, you know, even addictions or that type of thing. You learn how to, uh, you learn how to live with it um, and it becomes a part of you. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, um, in a negative way, because it can become a beautiful thing. It becomes that wounded healer, that wounded warrior, that you, that you're always going to have that scar, if you will. Um, but you learn how to make it that something beautiful. It's, that's a part of you. Um, it's not something that's negative, but, um, but I think it is a lifelong thing. Um, and so I think, you know, there can be certain instances in people's lives where they feel like they've reach that point of, oh, I'm healed now, but then also some traumatic event will trigger them or something will happen. And then you feel like, oh no, I'm still broken, but that's not the case. It just means that, you know, something got triggered. Um, your, your, your wound got bumped. Um, and now you, you, you process through that new event and that new experience and you learn and you grow through it. And so. Right. You feel it and you deal with it and yeah. you grow through it. Yep. Yeah. It's just, that's life. It keeps yeah. happening and you get those triggers and you get those bumps and it doesn't mean that you didn't do the work to begin with. It doesn't yeah. mean that you never healed. So it's just yeah. a trigger and that's what happens. Yeah. So how have you learned? I think it was on social media that I was reading about, um, to learn to live with the same uh, gender attraction lifestyle as well as kind of walking that line as well. Like, how yeah. are you handling all of that? Yeah, definitely super. Uh, and like I said, that's kind of been my next uh, frontier, if you will, of, of growth or, or healing as I've really, the last couple of years have kind of been working and processing through that. And I, I still don't have all the answers. And it's definitely, it's been a, a, the thing that's been really rewarding, again, just like when I kind of first kind of confronted the abuse. And then when I kind of confronted the eating disorder, and now I'm kind of, um, you know, processing through what it means to, you know, have same sex attraction or be gay is, I don't have necessarily all the answers right now, nor do I know if I ever will, but, but it's been amazing hearing other people's stories and journeys um, as I've shared that space with others um, and to see how many, you know, people deal with it in all different types of ways. You know, some decide, you know, to um, get a same-sex partner and, and they're, they're, they're great. Um, and then some, you know, have remained faithful in the church and have decided to stay celibate and, and active. Um, and then some have decided to, you know, marry, a, you know, a, a woman or that, that, you know, they're, um, you know, you kind of have mixed orientation marriages. And, and so all types of walks of experiences and stories I've heard. And, and I think, you know, all of them have validity and are beautiful for those individuals, whatever their path looks like and whatever, wherever they find joy and peace in their life is the most important thing, I think. And, and, and for me, also, I always encourage people, I, I want people to have a relationship with God, whatever that looks like. You know, some people find that sitting in a pew on Sunday and some people find that walking out in nature on the weekend or wherever you find that, uh, you know, your relationship with God. I think that's just important. Um, but, but so for me, 
I'm just figuring it out. It's definitely a challenging thing, especially being a member of, you know, an active member of the church. And I have a strong testimony of the church. And, you know, the church's standpoint is, you know, it's, it, you know, you, it's not bad to have same-sex attraction, um, but to act on it is is against the, the laws of God as, as it has been revealed to the, the prophets. And so, so it puts you in a very hard place because you're like, well, what do I do then? Because um, you don't want to be, you know, your option, it's kind of like you have no good options in some regards because you're like, well, I can be alone for the rest of my life it's kind of sad. It's kind of hard, you know, that type of thing. You want to have a partner. You want to that type of thing. I could get married um, to a woman. I actually did get married. Um, that's another part of my journey. Um, and it didn't work out. Um, and so not saying that maybe I could to another, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, but, but, um, and then obviously with my strong faith, I'm, I'm not necessarily wanting to go down the path of, of, you know, marrying a man or, and, and so it kind of puts you in that, like I said, that no good options. And so that's where I just kind of hunker down, take it one day at a time and rely on the things that I do know, um, focus on the things that do bring me joy and just realize that as I continue walking forward one step at a time, that additional light and knowledge will come and things will work out um, as long as I'm doing my part and just trying my best and trying to find joy in the journey that I'm walking. So beautifully said. So thank you for sharing that because that is uh, definitely a hard place to be in right now. And I just appreciate you sharing that you know God is aware of you and I can see the light in you and I can see the joy that you radiate and you're so great to be around and the help you're doing for other people. And I know God would be so proud of everything that you're doing. And so I think you just gotta keep on keeping on like you're doing and keeping positive about how things will work out. And I just think that's an amazing example to all of us of accepting everyone, no matter where they're at and loving everyone and just keep going. Even yeah. if you don't know what the future is going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much for that. And, and I think, like you said, just that's something that I have definitely come to a, a very, I don't know, I don't know many things, I, but I do know one thing that God loves all of us. And so that's where I have come to a place where, you know, and some people, and that's totally, I honor that. I used to be a little bit more in that camp as well. And it's not, again, I honor everybody, but I'm not somebody that feels like I need to call people to repentance, if you will. That's just, I don't feel like that's my place. Now, some people feel like, you know, that's that the loving thing is to tell people that, you know, you're not loving people if you're letting them live in sin, if you will. And that's fine. Um, but for me, I'm kind of like, I, I just, I just want to love people. Um, and so um, I don't care what they've done or that type of thing. They're welcome in my space and I'll love them where they're at. Um, and I just I just have a testimony that things are going to work out more beautifully than we can possibly imagine. I think um, I think we don't even have a full picture and understanding of what heaven's really going to be like. Um, and it's just going to be beautiful. And everybody's going to feel like they are where they belong, wherever that is, um, that nobody's going to feel like, oh, I got left out, or I don't belong here. It, everybody's just going to feel like justice was served. Um, I'm exactly where I feel like I belong, and I feel safe, and I feel happy, and I just, I really have a testimony of that. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to. <laughs>
Yay. I love that. I love that positivity. And I love how God loves everyone. And I really think that churchgoers actually really do have that same kind of attitude and, and thinking that they know God loves everyone and they want to be that loving and accepting as well. They want to be like God. And I think we have to give them when they fall short and yeah. maybe don't understand or have some judgment that may be a little short-sighted that we give them grace as well exactly. and understand yeah. that they've got to come to their own place of yeah. acceptance and realize that it doesn't matter and that yeah. god will embrace all of us someday exactly and i think you said it perfectly in terms of like i have found pretty much in all cases um that those who might say something that is a little judgmental or that's hurtful especially you know pertaining to something i struggle with you know right like the, like being gay or that type of thing is usually they are never necessarily doing it out of ill intent usually i guess it's kind of that concept of hurt people hurt people um which it doesn't excuse necessarily people hurting people but it at least opens up that door to understanding of realizing where they're coming from and usually it's because of maybe some preconceived notion or something that happened in their past or a previous experience they had with somebody that kind of is like that or or has that label or that type of thing and so they carry that and they project it onto you and so it's usually not it's usually not about you it's about them um, and and so that helps you again doesn't excuse people being rude to people but it at least lets you realize that it's not about me it's about them and how can I be forgiving allow them grace to realize that they're on a journey as well um, and just give them that opportunity as well. That is so great. I think if we all walked around trying to give that grace to other people, we'd sure live in a lot better world. If we just <laughs> let people just be, you know what, they're hurting. That's why they're trying to hurt me and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Not take it so personally, but we do, we yeah. hear it. We hear those mean things. People say, yeah. we replay it in our head for the yeah. rest of our lives. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, why are we giving that person that power? Control. And yeah. <laughs> that is, like, I don't even know that person. Know. I'm going to let that go because that is I not know. serving me in yeah. any way. So yeah. I'm actually learning that in my yeah. older age. Yeah. Like, let it go. Why do I replay that? It's not even true. It's not even nice. I don't even know that person. They aren't even in my life. Yeah, so they don't even know go. me, really. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. Why am I holding on to that? So. This is great. Great reminder to all of us. We're letting it go today. We're just letting it go. That's <laughs> awesome. Go. Wow. Wow. Thank you. This has been so uplifting and informative for me. You've taught me some really great things and oh, about your you. positivity. I appreciate that so much. No, I thank you for the opportunity and just it's been an honor definitely just being with you and just feeling your spirit and your positivity as well and just your your love. It's awesome. Thank you very much. I think I love what you're doing. I love that you're making this space for individuals to share, especially like we've talked about of that whole exactly what you're 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 preaching, if you will, of of you know turning lemons into lemonade. And life is hard. It is. Everybody's got something. Everybody. You can look on social media and you might think somebody's got a perfect life because their pictures look great um, and they're always on vacation or whatever the case may be, but they got something too. 
Um, everybody's got something. Nobody's immune from the trials and heartaches of this life. And so what it's all about then, um, since we all have those, is like you said, of turning it into lemonade. How can we turn these sour, hard moments in life that are going to always happen how can we use them to make us better? How can we use them to make us love and understand people better? Um, and I think that's just, when we look back on it, that's that's the test of life. Uh, you know, that's, that's when we, if we get an A through this life, it's because we've learned how to love people um, more fully because of the experiences and sour moments we've had. Um, and, and then we create something pretty sweet together. Yes, I love that you brought that up because of I'm thinking you had like three lemons. I mean, you've had lots, you know, like three <laughs> huge lemons that are super sour. And instead, you know, you've now added your own special sweetness to it and you're sharing it with everyone else. You've made your lemonade and now you're passing it around. And that's what's incredible. Set up a bunch of lemonade stands and we'll just we'll just chat, pass around sugar and just have some good lemonade together. <laughs> there we go. We're doing it. We're doing it. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. Thanks. You're awesome. You're still here? Well, then click on the next episode to hear more of Heidi's Lemonade Stand. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Thanks.